everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is episode 166, and it's Irliana Samsara of Star Sound Astrology. And I'm really, 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 really stoked because we have another fantastic guest on. Uh, her name is Shu, Shu Yap, and from Australia, as you will quickly hear, that outrageous, um, one of a kind, the, uh, the, Aussie, the Aussie accent is uh, unrivaled. <laughs> so welcome, Shu. Oh, thank you. And I hate the Aussie accent. So um, I apologize for it sounding like a real drool, um, but it, I think it sounds so terrible compared to an American accent. It sounds so much more refined. No, uh, no, but no, it is what it is. It's always greener, right? We don't like, like I like yours. No, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. Thank so, you for having me. So what we're, I wanted to talk about today, we're, what we're going to talk with Shu about is planetary days and hours and what that is. And um, it's not something that's really that bandied about out there, but it's fascinating. And it just gives us another jewel in our astrological, you know, jewelry case <laughs> and um, a facet of understanding ourselves and, and everything. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get started, I just want to, you know, remind everybody, I do have the astrology for beginners. I've got Mercury retrograde breakthrough i got the page to load on my website and you know these little things in life are so exciting so anyway you can um check that out on starsoundastrology.com and if you're interested it starts june 14th so we're going to give a nice little um little uh, a five-week mini course with me uh patiently running beside you as you learn to ride that bicycle it's not hard and it can be fun so anyway that's that um all right so on to you shu um all right so um, I'm going to read you, first of all, you know, where, who, who is this fabulous woman and why is she here? <laughs> so uh, Shu is a consulting astrologer, teacher and writer from central Victoria, Australia on the Jaja Wurung country. I hope I said that right. Exactly perfect. Well done. <laughs> Pretty good. Okay. So what, that is um, indi these indigenous people's lands. Okay. And um, for Shu, astrology is a way of life, not just a livelihood. Her practice influences every aspect of her life as a grower, a beekeeper, how do you like that? Artist and mother of three on the land. Inspired by the hermetic philosophy, Shu practices traditional astrology, is a student of alchemy and embodies a sky-centered approach to her art. Certified at the Melbourne School of astrology actually melbourne as they would say that <laughs> melbourne the american melbourne school anyway sorry for messing that word up and and sta school of traditional astrology in horari and traditional medical astrology uh, she now runs a consulting practice writes weekly planetary news on her blog and teaches mentors and students worldwide all right, did I pick a good guest or what? Yes, I did. Yes, the Leo. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> oh, you're funny. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, that's why I didn't no, know I was getting involved. A Leo you have such a beautiful energy. Like I said before, I just love this fire energy. It's just so fun and inspiring and you just bring it. And I can just imagine your students, you know, that your students have such a great motivator there, like a personal trainer in astrology, which uh, is amazing. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I like that. Maybe I'll use that. Personal trainer in astrology. 
PTSD. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so Sue, and before we get into the planetary days and hours, tell I always ask people, you know, how did you find astrology? How did you mm. how did they or how did it find you? Yeah, I was just about to say that I think it found me. I don't um it, it's something that just kind of fell into my lap and quite magically as well. Um you know, there's a couple of different ex you know, experiences that I've had. You know, my father passed away when I was really young. And, you know, one of the only things that I have of his was an astrology book, you know, a, a Chinese astrology book. And I've never really got into it, but I, I've just always had that as a, oh, this is my dad's and now it's with me, you know. Um, because moving countries and everything, you know, you don't get to take everything. So it's kind of like very special. It's one thing that I've always had. Um, you know, then in high school, I think we had one of these houses where everyone, all the kids used to just come back to. Um, so, and, you know, this girl just brought back a, a, a library book and it was on the astrology science and I was just fascinated by it. Uh, and I, it was the only library book in, the uh, only book in the library at school it was on astrology and I think I as soon as she returned and I borrowed it and I had it kept checking out like continuously like I think I kept it the whole time and I learned all of the 12 signs back to front you know just by reading it over and over again and and then when I um then I kind of just you know never did anything about it and um, at 19 one year nodal return you know I just woke up one morning and I thought I have to study astrology. And so I rung someone that I knew who was a tarot reader because in those days, you know, it was all kind of like thrown into the same cauldron, you know, like, you know, you're one of those kinds, you know, every, every you know, esoteric study kind of like the one study. So I right. rung up my only friend that I knew that was a tarot reader. And I said, do you know anyone that can teach me astrology? And she put me onto this lady and this lady said, oh, you don't need a teacher, you just need to read a book and um go go to the theological society and get robert hand's book uh and and read it yourself and you'll learn astrology that way and so i went to the the yes we call it the ts bookshop in the city and um i looked at a book was there i think it was rob hand's um i can't even remember the Planets name in transit no, it wasn't Planets and Transits. It was the one that kind of showed you the step-by-step. -step. I think there was even how to sort of set up a chart and everything. Okay. Oops. Yeah, earlier. Um, and uh, I just looked at it and I thought there is no way I would be able to teach this myself. And I kind of put the book back on the shelf, uh, you know, a bit disappointed. As I looked on the side of the bookshelf, I saw a little sign, you know, only as a modest sign, the size of a business card, and it was, you know, Sean McNamara from the Melbourne School of Astrology doing weekly classes, and it was the thing that attracted me was pay by the week because I was only a student at that time and I had no money. So, you know, being able to pay each week, you know, my $20 or something each week was like the only way I was able to do it. And it happened to be just down the road from where I lived. And so there it began, you know, like that was my two-year foundational course. And, uh, you know, I've just been studying ever since, really, solidly. So, um, I love it. yeah, that's how it kind of me. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And then, yeah. and then traditional astrology, I mean, when mm. you studied. Yes, that was, yes, Melbourne School of Astrology was modern. 
we had modern rulerships and things like that. And then after I finished that course, I used to go to conferences all the time and and kind of self-study and and book myself into little workshops and courses here and there. Vedic at one stage as well. And uh, and I went to a conference in, I think it was around 2008 in Melbourne or 2006 or something like that, uh, and Ben Dykes was there. And at that stage, he was just presenting some new concepts in traditional astrology. It was only just starting to um, uh, be disseminated now through the, the public. Um, and I went to his talk and I was so fascinated uh, by this way of doing things. And it kind of reminded me a little bit about my Vedic studies too. The systems were a bit more aligned. And what I liked about the Vedic system was essentially how systematic it was. Um, you know, when you finish studying your foundational astrology course, you still look at a chart and you go, where do I start? Like, I still have no idea. Um, and Vedic gave me a lot of structure, like, you know, starting with the ascendant, looking at the ascendant ruler and things like that. And then when I heard Ben Dyke's talk, uh, I thought, wow, this is very much like Vedic, but more in my language, like more in that Western, you know, astrology language. And I was Perfect. ever since, and I basically transformed everything that I learned. I had to let that all go and um, relearn everything from a traditional sense. And I, I'm very glad I did that early on. Um about seven years into my studies, um, I, I did that early on because I knew a lot of astrologers at that time who just thought this was all baloney and, you know, didn't want to have to study again and, and to re, you know, you probably found the same thing. And, and you know, they're finding themselves now having to, to really change the way they read charts. So, yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was something I did and I had youth on my side at that stage. I had no kids. I had all the time in the world. So <laughs> it was lucky. <laughs> Just yeah. good timing. <laughs> awesome. Wow. So yeah. um, I don't for some reason, I don't know, the, the whole concept of planetary days and hours, it just captivated me. And I that's why I just wanted you to come on and speak about that and if you could just explain to everybody, you know, what is a planetary day and hour? Because most of us know that the seven days of the week are named after it's just astrologically related, right? Monday, moon That's day, right. and so yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. But I just to start just some overall, um, maybe just a bit of a background, I think, like between modern and well, traditional and it turning more psychologically based in modern, I think we lost a lot of the omen-based astrological tools in that process um, and the whole um, rationalisation, um, you know, after, you know, Descartes sort of started that whole scientific revolution and totally debunked astrology and Copernicus discovered that, you know, the world does actually, the planets don't actually revolve around the earth, you know, it's actually we revolve around the sun and astrology with a really tough time you know it was basically lost you know all through that sort of 18th century mm -hmm. and the only way that it was revived was to give it some substance through psychology and and here comes the birth of that modern astrological age um but through that process i think we lost a lot of the animistic omen based 
skills that an astrologer had and planetary hours was one of those tools that was very much based around reading omens. Um, And so planetary hours, to answer your question, was based on the day being divided into 12 portions, 12 daytime portions and 12 nighttime portions. Um, And of all the, of of the same i guess the the 12 daytime portions is based from daylight to you know dawn, dawn to dusk so if you live in a country where we go through the four seasons you know at win, in winter months you'll have shorter uh, planetary hours and during the day and longer planetary hours of the night and vice versa if it's in the summer times your daytime hours are going to be longer so more than an hour and then the nighttime hours will be much shorter mm-hmm. around the equinoxes at the autumn or the fall equinox and the um, spring equinox um, the hours are bang on the actual hour because you know 24 hours a day 12 hours day and night so um so we have that little variation and that's something to be mindful of and these days there's a lot of um apps and calculators online that can kind of work that all out for you but it's good to sort of know how the system was based and i guess the the system was based that um every day of the week which you know, if you know the Latin languages um, are ruled by a certain planet. So I studied French at school, so I can only only know the French language. So we think of Monday as lundi in French, the day of the moon, Tuesday, mardi, which is Mars, Wednesday, Mercury, which is uh, Mercredi, which is Mercury, Thursday, jeudi, which is um, Jupiter's day, is Vendredi, Venus's day, Saturday, samedi, which is... Saturn's Day. Saturn's Day, but uh, there was another explanation there which I I can't quite re- recall at this stage. And uh, Sunday was Dimanche, um, and that's a day of the sun. And it was based around that Latin term distolis, which is um, uh, I think day of the sun, I think, something like that. So each day has an essence of an actual planet, but to break down each day, it can be broken down into planetary hours as well. So sunrise would start with the hour of the actual day. So if it's a Wednesday, uh, a Mercury's day from the first hour uh, from sunrise on Wednesday, it will be Mercury hour. Uh, and then the hours go through by descending Chaldean order, which essentially means from the slowest planet to the fastest moving planet, and then it goes again. So that's, in a nutshell, how the planetary hours uh, are calculated and, and devised. Mm, I love it. Thank you. That beautifully said. So, yeah, the Chaldean order, which is not something that most people, unless you're into traditional astrology, you know, the average Joe doesn't know what that is. But it, it's a beautiful image. I mean, you can look it up online and, and Chaldean spelled C mostly C-H-A-L-D-E-A-N, and it shows all the planets in order of planetary speed. So it's not like, like when you do it in, in you know, science class in school where you have the sun and Mercury and, you know, like that. It, it has to do with the, the speed of the planets. And so, mm-hmm. yes, um, you know, what I wanted to ask you is when you said about um, the, um, 
that because of the equinoxes and solstices, you know, with the always changing the, the length of time of, of the day carved up into longer hours, shorter hours, depending on um, on that. Um, so if you were in, um, when you say the first hour, the first, let's say Mercury, Mercury's day, the first hour at dawn is gonna be Mercury's hour. And then does that mean an hour, like a 60 minute hour or because you said, you know, certain times of the year, they're shorter and longer. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, at the equinoxes, it will be 60 minutes. And then uh, say, take the, the fall equinox or the autumn equinox, what we call it here, um, you know, the light will be decreasing. So that planetary hours uh, length would also be decreasing as until you get to the winter solstice. Uh, and those will be the shortest planetary hours, which will be, I think, around the 40-minute mark or so, or 40 or 50 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Now, what? Um, why should we pay attention to the planetary days and hours? I mean, you know, it's yeah. another level of information, and um, yes. but it's it's really cool. And I just thought maybe you could talk a little bit about that. I, I'm thinking of a farmer planting, like you said, you live off mm. grid, and how mm -hmm. that. Really yeah, well, I guess um, philosophically, like that diagram that you were explaining before about the Chaldean order, about the spheres of the universe, um, based on that near Platonic model where the Earth is in the centre and then there's a sphere of the moon around and then follow, following that would be Mercury, then there's a sphere of Venus, the Sun, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and then the fixed stars. And so it was said that all of the energy um, from, um, from these spheres above would be filtered down to Earth through the moon. Um, and the moon collect all of these energies and pour it onto the earth. And the earth is what distinguishes earth from the rest of the uh, other planetary spheres is that we have the four elements, the four directions, the seasons, um, and it binds us into time. Uh, and that's where earth differs from the spiritual realm. And so one way that we can tap into uh, the essence of the um, spirits is through the planetary hours. It's like having a direct telephone call to that planetary spirit to be able to draw that essence down onto Earth because each of these planetary spheres have correspondences to everything on everything in matter. And it is said that everything that we can see around us, our tables, our computers, our plants, drinks, all animate and inanimate objects are made up of a combination of the planetary spheres. So um, an inert table, I might say, that might belong to the sphere of Saturn because it's dense, it stays still, it doesn't move, but it forms the structure uh, from which I'm working from, you know. So each of the planets and all of its signatures um, and the multivalence of its archetypes um, translates some form in matter. And we hear a lot of ancient um, texts speak of planets in terms of forms and images. Actually, this is what the world is made of, just forms and images. And mentioned um, that, you know, you're very interested in eclipses, um, Ileana, that, um, you know, the nodes very much remind us that these 
of the world forms and images because eclipse time comes or we have a big nodal transit and all of a sudden we're very aware or we get sucked into illusion of these forms and images around us. Uh, And so that gives us a little sense of, you know, what is our reality? Uh, You know, that is this our reality or are we going to wake up one day and this is all dream? Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, there's this weird kind of concept um, of these forms, images being our illusions, but, you know, they're all kind of being, we're kind of like puppets of these planets in a way and and learning to work with these planets, i.e. by conversing with the planetary spheres or, or, or um, reading the omens that come up on their planetary hours um, we can start to co-create with these co-create. forms and images and these archetypal resonances that we that exist all around us. We can be awake to them all. And this is where this animistic omen-based astrology um, that we've lost is, is um, making a bit of a resurgence now, popularity of these hours coming through. I love it. You know, yeah. I remembered seeing once um, I, when I had a Twitter account um, a few years ago, I remember somebody put on Twitter. I used to live in New York City, so I could really appreciate this. And it was somebody in New York and it was a subway platform in New York City. And they and, and the person took a photo of some anonymous person put up a little altar to Mercury on the subway platform so the trains would run on time. I thought, I thought that was so cool. Like the craziest yes. things you see in New York, you know, a little altar to Do. Mercury. And you may also see a lot of little shrines or, you know, secret shrines everywhere of Hecate in, in subways. Um, because it's like the underground crossroads, right? You know, she's the bearer of the key of the crossroads, and I've heard of that too. So, um, so it's amazing how this world is. Yeah, it's just it's just fascinating. Um, so, how would how would somebody perhaps that's you know maybe new to astrology or just new to this understanding of planetary days and hours? What how could they? Uh, what would you recommend if somebody wanted to know more about that and how to work with mm-hmm. it? Okay, well, one easy way to work with or just to observe it first, and, and it'll blow your mind, is to just get an app. Um, there's loads of apps on, that you can get on your phone and you have to make sure you update your geographical location. So if you say if I'm you're in New York City and you go to California, you don't update it, you know, it's all going to be out of whack, all right? So it's right. space dependent, right? Yeah. Uh, and and sometimes these apps will, will allow you, um, allow, allow it to give you a, a reminder whenever like a new planetary hour starts, you know. So if you initially set the reminder and so it'll just go ding or something every time like a new hour sets and you just watch every time you hear that, um, say a Mars hour starts and you may a restaurant, then all of a sudden you may hear like a whole heap of dishes crashing to the floor or, you know, um, you may see some big muck I walk in the door or, uh, you know, and you're starting to see the forms of that planet revealed to you as you become more aware of it. Okay, so that's one thing I recommend everyone to do if they want to start to get in touch 
with the planets by starting to be awake to their forms on their hours because it, they do reveal themselves to you. And then from there you can, um, you know, start to do all sorts of stuff. You can start to be a bit more intentional about, um, about what you do um, on these hours. Uh, for example, um, uh, if you have a day, like I used to have a day, a week where I call it my errands days. You know, it's like the day I had to like just go to town and pick things up, drop things off, do the shopping, you know, all those little jobs, you know. So I used to do that on a Wednesday because that sure. mimics the signature of Mercury, you know, as the messenger dropping in from place to place, not getting too deep, you know. Um, you busy, can do busy. things like running around. <laughs> exactly. So that's from a from a day perspective. Um, uh, and then an hour perspective, you may like to, you know, just start being intentional with sending important emails um, that you need to have a lot of clarity across, say, on a Mercury hour um, and that kind of thing. Um, what I do think is really significant is actually, um, I'm not sure if listeners know much annual perfections, like, like knowing the mm-hmm. Lord for the year. Like, is that something that your listeners would be aware of? Um uh, maybe not because that's such a, um, you know, very much of a niche of, you know, like traditional astrology mm. perfections, but well, really briefly little, <laughs> I think of like the ice cream flavor of the month, you know, <laughs> there's. Yeah. So, so basically if you see uh, most astrologers these days, if you have a consultation, they will most likely identify what your activated time laws are for the year, the annual perfected time lord. So you can see an astrologer, find out what your active activated time lord is for the year. And then you may like to do a little offering on the planetary day and hour of that planet because that planet is the manager of your year. So if you want to work magically with your year, yes, you can do a little offering like, you know, say it's Saturn, you know, on the Saturday morning, uh, your Saturday sunrise, you know, or whatever the later hours are, if you're not an early riser, you know, you may like to, um, you know, um, pour out a cup of tea and a candle for Saturn and say the Orphic hymn or, you know, just just to acknowledge it, you know, acknowledge the planet. You can do stuff like that. Um, You can also do planetary charity like on the day and hour of Saturn. You know, you may want to go out and give some food to a beggar um, because beggars are ruled by Saturn. So you you learn to identify the forms of that planet and start engaging with those forms um, with that that planet. Um, So that's one way you can work with it magically. Um, You can also, like you mentioned before, work on things like gardening and farming you know, like find out whatever herbs you, you're working with. Um, you know, one one crop that I do always elect time on is garlics because it's such a, a big crop. It's in the ground for a long time and it's expensive to, to put in and it's your whole year's worth of garlic. So you want to make sure, you know, you look after that crop. So I always elect a time. And because garlics correspond to the hour, uh, to the nature of Mars, always choose a Mars hour to start putting them in. Um, That's another way you can work with planetary hours. Um, Yeah. What about in like the social realm? Like say, for example, uh, asking your boss for a raise or asking somebody out on a date, you know, maybe you'd want to like, it would be a a Venus. You want to do it in the Venus hour and 
Exactly. So right. I guess the the best thing to do is firstly work out what you want, like work whether it's a petition, a task or a favor that you have to ask and try and imagine which planet would be in charge of that particular task. Like if it's asking for a raise, you might like speak to you. If it's going on a date, it might be Venus. Um, so it's it's all about studying the forms and images of that planet. And then when you can identify what planets involved, then you might or then you might um, firstly then um, to, to give you extra points, like do a little prayer and offering on their hour before then you start, uh, you know, asking for a raise. So you might in the lead up to it, you might do a few weeks of prayers on hour, uh, and then you may have luck when you then go and ask for the raise trying to schedule the time on the planetary hour and of course it's always really difficult to you know to to work with timing in this consensus reality and it's all just about chronological timing not kairos like qualitative timing um so it's it's you can work with the planetary hours energy at different times in your own times to boost, you know, um, to boost the quality of the hours at subsequent times. Does that make sense? So yeah. it's all about building that relationship. Um, I like when you that. said that qualitative time, not quantitative. You, can you talk mm -hmm. a little more about that? That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, as with this whole change of this reductionist society that we're now living in and everything's so scientific and um you know we kind of lost the essence of time uh for what it truly was which was actually to describe a quality of a moment to to describe a sentiment of the time um and instead we focus on chronological time which is you know the one o'clock two o'clock you know the, the actual numbers of that time so astrology really is the study of time, uh, but more from its qualitative sense. And there's this term called Kairos, which is a Greek uh, god, uh, the god of opportunity. Uh, and 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 the story about Kairos was that it was a young child. It was kind of Hermes-like, and it was a bald-headed figure with a curl on its back. Uh, on the back of its head, and that signified that, you know, that time moves, the opportunities and the time and the kairos moves so quickly um, that uh, if you're not aware of it, you, you may be able to grab it by the curl on the back of its head. Otherwise, uh -huh. you know, you'll miss that time if, if for those that aren't wise, those that don't follow the the um, the uh, the wisdom of the stars, essentially. <laughs> um, and, you know, Freedom Cole, you know, had a quote that said something along the lines of um, uh, that, yeah, understand the, the nature of time is actually to understand the functioning of the universe. And I think that's what, as astrologers, that's what we're doing and, and, and wanting to learn astrology, that's what we're um, aspiring to do, even if we're not articulating it that way, we're wanting to to work out what the hell's going on. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> qualitative way, yeah, and it really does. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't see any other the tradition of astrology and and the the its ability to deliver that, and therefore giving us all a a, a greater quality of life that we feel interconnected, right. that we're connected. Totally. To 
Exactly. Because, you know, your one o'clock will come every day, your two o'clock will come every day, but not you may not always get an opportunity to ask for those, you know, in that particular time where you may get, you know, more luck or more auspiciousness. So um, it's understanding that. And planetary hours is one way to work in with that. And if you if, if people know their birth chart, you know, there's all also a way to be able to um, find out what day now you were born on, mm-hmm. uh, and that's always quite illuminating too. So I, I think I think you may be able to find that on these free softwares online, like Astro.com or AstroSeek. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're so yeah. comprehensive. Yeah, um, Astro.com and Astro-Seek. Uh, like for instance, like I, I know I was born on a Friday, Venus's day, and so uh, I mean, I know for most people, why is Friday, everybody's favorite day. Well, Venus, you know, Venus rules. And isn't it interesting how the understanding of that, like the end of the work week in the Western culture is a Friday. And it's like, oh, finally, the end of the week, we can enjoy life, kick back. We've got the weekend. Yeah, it's Venus ruled, you know? I mean, there, there's a really profound correlation there. Um, That's yeah, right. You, you can find out on, um, you don't have to buy software, kids, all right? You, know, you can just go online and to know the day you were born, what what planet ruled, and then the, the hour, the hour of, uh, I, and sometimes I'll check that when I'm, you know, look, looking at a chart reading. There's so many things to check, obviously, but um, mm, that can mm-hmm. give another little nuance to, okay, you were born at the hour of Saturn. No wonder you're, you know, hell-bent on yes. you know, making something sound. Yes. You know, That's it, right. Like for some reason, the soul, when it incarnated, decided to come through at the hour of Saturn. So you can meditate on that and see what that means for you. Um, and, and of course, we we do that as well in horror astrology, um, where one of the um, uh, factors that we do look at is that, okay, we've got a question, we've got the chart that has the answer, but what hour is the chart, um, uh, what hour is the chart in? Because that's going to give us some um, contributions towards the judgment of the answers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It colors it colors the answer, and it, mm-hmm. it changes it. Yeah, yeah. It might show maybe a, an inner motivation or a, um, a deep um, archetypal resonance, uh, you know, around whatever that planet involves, or whatever. Then you also look at maybe what planet. Uh, what houses that planet rule in your chart as well and they may speak to you more too that way so I mm. love it wow thank you that's been really awesome I, I I'm so glad we were able to have this chat and kind of break open this conversation and I hope we can continue talking and, and other subjects too um and I know you you teach you have classes you you do um you know obviously private consults if people want to find you can you give us your email address and your website so my uh website is intersile.com that's i-n-t-e-r-p-s-y-c-l-e.com uh and email is intercycle at gmail.com um yeah, best way to keep in touch with my teaching schedule is probably through signing up to my um, mailing list. Uh, that's the best way I can keep in touch because I'm not always really that consistent on social media. Um, but I, I will kids. say that. How it, could you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are your social media. 
<laughs> yeah, except you can't block them. <laughs> um, but I will say that um, for your listeners out there, if you're, I'm not sure when this is going to be aired, but I am teaching a free workshop, uh, a webinar for Kepler College on the 11th of June. Oh, um, June 11th. Yeah, All right. Kepler June 11th. Yeah, it's on planetary cycles. So if you've ever oh. wanted to learn more about the key phases throughout a planet's journey, like elongations, rises and sets, um, uh, you know, retrograde stations, Cassini's visibility, that kind of stuff, um, I'll be nerding out there. Uh, and also got a five-week course on solar with Kepler starting July 23rd, if you're interested. Oh, you said it, you cut out, it was solar returns. Is that what you said? Yeah, yes, a five-week kind of deep dive on interpreting solar return charts. Which in astro speak, for those of you who've never heard of that term, that's how we say birthday. We don't say happy birthday. We say happy solar return. <laughs> that's right. Back, so, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Excellent. So I can um, put the link to Kepler in there too, you know, if you want it, you know, we'll have it all ready to go for us to keep moving the, the flame of astrology, the flame of knowledge, moving it forward. So That's in right. every way we can. So Sure. And um, just one last thing too, I am developing, a, I'm not sure exactly whether it's a course or a container of some sorts, but just on that topic of Kairos and the qualitative time, mm. um, I'm doing a project on teaching a qualitative time of the moon essentially like teaching people how to understand the quality qualitative times of the moon as it cycles every month and learning how to integrate that with ritual work uh, and I think I'll be working with road opening rituals to um, because they are so broad and they can be tailored to reflect every stage of the moon um, so that's something that I'm working on that hopefully I'll be getting out there um, at some stage at the course of the end of this year. So, yeah, my, my um, mailing list is probably the best way to keep in touch that's with that. That sounds yeah. really super cool, totally juicy, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you again, Shu. This has been awesome and I'm really grateful, grateful for your time. And I, I will leave you be because I know you've got kids in a house to take care of but um thank you so much and um yeah so anyway um for all of you out there um great being here again with you guys and uh we will see you next time for episode 167 <laughs> so this is Irliana Samsara Star Sound Speaks starsoundastrology.com thank you all for listening bye for now bye bye <laughs>